We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. of glory. Matthew chapter 8 verses 19 through 22 says, Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. In other words, I submit to your authority. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go to bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Father, today, a mighty anointing is in this house. God, let it continue through the word. Let it continue through the remainder of this service. Pour out upon us, Lord. Pour out upon us. For my head, let it puddle up around our feet. This is my prayer. In your precious name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've been preaching about glory. Uh, last week, I, I touched a little bit about the authority. I want to flesh it out real quick today, and then we're going to we're going to do something a little different. But whenever you hear this passage, most times I've heard preachers saying, "Well, wasn't it sad that Jesus didn't have anywhere to lay his head?" That's not what he's talking about in the context. When you're when you're reading the Word of God, you have to look at context. What did it mean in the context of the conversation to the listeners then and there? Okay. Then when you study the Word of God, you have what is called a transcultural truth that takes it to here and now. So you've got what it meant to them then and there, and what does it mean to us today. When you're looking at this hermeneutically, you find out that Jesus wasn't talking about, I don't have a physical place to lay my head, so feel sorry for me. What he was in the context of saying, he was talking about authority. And he's now saying, I have nowhere to place my head of authority because Authority represents, I mean, head represents authority. So he has no place to put authority. He said, I've been trying to show my disciples, trying to prepare them so that I can place my authority upon them, but up until yet they haven't understood it, so I can't do it yet. But I'm going to prepare a place where I can lay my authority. He did that at the cross. I talked about that last Sunday, John 14. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. That place was the cross where he prepared for us an eternal salvation. Now he has the church. Christ is the head of the church. So where is the authority to be placed? Upon the church. Christ now has prepared a place to place his authority. You and I. He wants to place his authority upon us. And so in order to live... In the authority of the glory, we have to understand it. We have to submit to that authority. You saw where a young man said, I will follow you. I will go wherever you go. I will do whatever you do. And that must be our attitude when we want to have authority in our lives. We must be under authority. I'm the pastor of this church, but the head of this church is Christ. And then the next floor of authority is the congregation. So I am under your authority. If you do not submit to authority, you cannot have authority. You must know how to submit to it. Matthew chapter 8 verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. And Jesus said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. That's authority. 
Matthew 8, 14 and 15. When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Matthew 8, 29. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? They understood authority. Even the demons do. Matthew 8, 19. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Wow. We have to understand, the foxes, where was their authority at? In their dens. When the fox goes into the den, that's where his authority is. Where's the bird's authority? In their nest. The birds have their nest, a place of domain, a place of authority. The foxes have their deeds, it's a place of authority. But I have no place at this time for my authority. We are what God calls the church. We are to be filled today with power and anointing and authority. Amen. If I was to go to Walmart today, this afternoon, and get on the loudspeaker and say, all, I need all leaders, team leaders, everyone come. I'm about to hold a meeting in 30 minutes. Guess what? No one will come. Because I have no authority at Walmart to call a meeting. But if I were the manager of that store, and I said I need all of the employees to meet me in 30 minutes, what am I to expect? All employees to meet me in 30 minutes. No matter what they're doing, I've given them authority to stop what they're doing and meet with me. We're about to see this happen in the Word of God like Jesus had never seen it happen. Look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. We find a Roman centurion coming to Jesus, and here's what he said. I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. That's a man who has authority. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him. He's saying this to his disciples and all the ones following him. Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now was that man talking in faith terms? Not really. But he understood authority. And he understood when he saw Jesus, here is a man with authority. And he has authority. I know what that means. I have authority. And when people under me are told to go, they go. When they're told to come here, do this, do that, they do it. And I see in this man that when he speaks, when he says something, they obey his words. We need to understand today, I'm telling you, church, we have an authority that God wants to place upon the church to operate and when we speak the Word of God, now I'm not talking about going up and making up your own stuff. I'm talking about taking the Word of God that God said is truth and will never fail. When God says in His Word that He will do something, and then you begin to act in faith, speak in authority those things, I believe it moves all of heaven. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. Why? Because we have someone backing up our words. Not us. It's not me. 
But I'm serving and submitted to the one who has all authority. And when Jesus came, he said, I have all authority and I am giving it to you. We're not going to go out here, like I said, and stand in front of tornadoes and things like that. But when it comes to the word of God, listen, when I've got a financial need, I go to some financial verses in the word of God. And I begin to pray those verses. I begin to speak those verses over my life. When I need healing in my body, I go to those verses, not my words. His word says. And I just remind God what he says. God knows what he says. And he's faithful to his own word. And he begins to act upon it. Now what's important that we need to understand in this context is, this is a Roman centurion. Most nations, when they subdued another nation, they would bring that nation to them and try to get them infiltrated into their culture. Romans didn't do that. When Romans overtook another nation, they would then send someone in authority from Rome to that province, and then that person <coughs> ruled that province under Roman law with Rome backing up their words. So this Roman centurion has seen that practice. I am a Roman centurion. I have been given authority by Rome. So when I speak, it happens. Jesus is saying you've understood the kingdom of heaven. Because here I've come to show and restore the kingdom. I am the one who have authority. I am sending you out to provinces. And I'm giving you the authority and I will back up your words. You see, it's the power of God backing up our words, not us. He knew that when Jesus spoke to sickness, disease, elements, finances, marriages, kids, job, health, all of those things responded. Responded to the Word. And today, we need to be people of authority. Under authority, but we are to have authority over the enemy. We are to crush his head with our heel. Now, when we begin to operate in that authority, guess what? You're going to have an attack from hell like you've never seen before. To see if you really believe what you're saying. How many of you have faced that kind of onslaught from the enemy? You begin to step out of faith and the enemy just attacks your heart. Absolutely. He's going to see what you're made out of. How, how strong are you? How big are you? How much do you really believe the Word of God? And so today, I want us to begin to really believe this. I've written this down, but I think I've already said it. But to have authority, you must be under authority. And in 20th, 21st century America, we don't like that word too much. I don't want to be have anybody telling me what to do and where to go and how to act. I want to be able to choose. Listen, we are slaves to Jesus Christ. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. He owns you if you're his child. And as your father, he is the authority over you. He's my authority. And I preached last week how that we are to be children of God. And we are led by the Spirit. Right? All of our thinking is Spirit-led. Our speech, 
our walk, everything about us, we are to be led. Uh, Brother Jimmy said it earlier in the, in the offering. People are going outside the church and doing incredible things, right? Why? Because they're led by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is going before them and they are becoming obedient. Thank God for that. That people are leaving the church and not being quiet. I preached about that last Sunday. That we are not leaving the church and, and, and shrinking back. Hebrews said they begin to shrink back and they said, oh no, we can't do that. We've got to step up and step out in faith. We cannot allow the, the culture of today to suppress what God is wanting to say. There's good news. And I've got good news for you today, church. You have so much access to the power and the authority of God. And this is not stuff that we're trying to, trying to build up. This is what the Word says. Glory has authority to it. And the authority is backed up with the weight of the words from heaven. Heaven. When Jesus says... I am doing great things, but greater things than these shall you do. What did he mean by that? He meant that I'm just one person. But one seed falls to the ground so that there may be many. So if I can do this as one person, how much more can many people do who are living under the authority of the glory of God in a restored kingdom? He was doing this so we would enjoy it here on earth. We won't need it in heaven. Somebody think, well, that's when we get to heaven. No, he's teaching us how to live successfully, how to live victoriously, how to live as those who are conquerors in this life. We are more than conquerors, Romans says. And God will cause whatever situation we're in to be turned around for his glory. He gets glory out of everything. Now, I've got a couple of things I want to, I want to share with you real quick. Uh, this week, Brother Mark Heron gave me permission. This week, he celebrates one year. Last year at this time, God told him, that's your last cigarette. He told me this morning, Pastor, this week, I celebrate one year of God's power and authority in my life. <laughs> Scans on her, said they thought her gallbladder maybe was messing up on her. 
said, no, it's not the gallbladder, but it's not, it's not really working anyway, so let's just take it out. Surgeon says, no, I don't want to just take it out, just to be taking it out. She goes to an internal doctor, and they got even worse. And before her appointment was over, he told us that he was going to make arrangements to call in hospice because it was going to go downhill really fast. Her liver wasn't working. Her pancreas wasn't working. Her levels of her bilirubin um, for her liver was 8.9 when one was what it shouldn't be over. And I'm thinking that's when hell came down on me. All my faith was gone. My emotions took over, and I'm thinking, my mom is one of my best friends, and I can't remember in any of her lessons that she has ever taught me that she taught me how to live without her. And um, then they said that they're going to test her for the worst hepatitis, and they wanted to do a scan for pancreatic cancer. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And nowhere am I showing any signs of having faith whatsoever. And I've been brought up in church. I know what God can do, but it wasn't there for me. And the day came for her scan for her, um, her cancer. And they told us it would be about two weeks before we had known. I'm thinking, we can't wait two weeks. She's severely jaundiced. She wasn't really even aware of her surroundings anymore. She's, we talk every day. And I never heard my mom's voice. She just didn't talk. She was like in a deep sleep. She's like her body had just given up. And I didn't sleep for two days. I was just making myself sick over it. And I was sitting in my chair. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And my son, Ty, he's 11. He had made up a bed in the living room with me. And he walks over to me and he's straddle-legs me. And he's, he's almost as big as I am. And he says, Mom, don't cry. And I said, but if it were me and it were you, you would, you would feel the same way. You would have a hard time with no advance notice being told your mom's going to die. And he says, Mom... Now, this is an 11-year-old child, but you think don't listen to you when you're trying to teach him right and wrong. He says, Mom, if God can speak the world into existence and he can raise people from the dead, he can heal my name. That's right. That's right. And he said, so you might as well smile and put his hands on my face and make me smile. Three o'clock in the morning. Smile and have faith and know that God's already taking care of my name. And he said, let's stand on his word. And he raises my hands and he said, let's thank him for it. And it took my 11-year-old son to snap me out of it and know that we have the authority. Instead of it being two weeks, I woke up. I actually slept that night. Two days later, my sister had called me and she's like, not really any change. Mom's still not doing good. I said, if you call the doctor, she said, they told us it would be about two weeks. I'm not going to even try. 
We hang up the phone and she calls me back five minutes later. She said they want her back at the doctor. They have an answer. It went from, they were going to call hospice to a simple fix of a small tumor that's obstructing the duct of the gallbladder that has totally messed her system up and they think that they're going to get this out and she's going to go back to normal. My mom called me with the news. That's the first time I really heard her voice in days. And she went from being orange, she was so jaundiced to her colors actually. It's starting to fix itself now. We, we owe God the glory. I said, well, this is both doing dance right here. Now, listen, this is not over. We still need to pray that they get that surgery done as soon as possible. And this all goes to him. But I believe in giving God glory, don't you? God's already done some work in there. So hospice to keep the distance. Where get us Praise God. Well, about a month ago, many of you guys, uh, well, you heard me preach somebody a couple of weeks ago. But uh, one month ago, uh, my wife and I, we had gone out to lunch with my brother and his wife, Brother Doug. And so that was on a Saturday. So July the 8th, I got a call in the morning. He had told me, things aren't well. I'm going to go to the doctor and get some things uh, looked at. And so that morning of July the 8th, we talked a little bit about um, perhaps heart issues. He was out of breath and, you know, thinking of those family things that perhaps had been in our family history. And so at around 5 o'clock in the evening on July the 11th, he called me and he said, Bob, instead of going to the hospital, going to OU Medical Center, I've been diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And uh, so it was one of those that you swallow. You know, what, what do you say? But Doug did say, he said, Bob, whatever I face, the most important thing is is that he is with me. And he proclaimed that from his mouth from the beginning, knowing that God will be with me. Marianne and I went in afterwards, I told her, and we shed tears of tough news. But God, you're faithful. You watch over your word to perform it. Well, yes, uh, Friday, so now it's August the 11th, my brother called me, and all along we've been proclaiming God's word August, uh, July the 11th, when I went into ICU at OU Medical Center, he looked at me and he said, this is the diagnosis of the Word of God. Proverbs 3.8 says that it will be health to my flesh and strength to my bones. And throughout, we have been proclaiming the rhema word that God would give us by the authority of the Word. And the pastor has proclaimed at the beginning of his glory series, Abraham and hope. Believe against contrary to hope, believed in hope, and was convinced that God is faithful to do what he said he would do. And pastor has been teaching us not to just pray the word, but to proclaim the word, right? So uh, Friday I got a call early in the morning. He said, Bub, just want to let you know that my bone marrow biopsy results has come in. The physician come in like a cat has just swallowed the canary. In my bone marrow, there is no presence of leukemia.
pastor this morning when we rejoiced in that. Now our transition in prayer is, okay, the, the, the bad stuff God has destroyed. Now we pray for life. It's where the bone marrow begin to produce the life-giving stuff. But God will do what he said he would do. He will complete the work he has started. God has no respecter of person. What he does for one, he will do for another. I believe the difference is, in order to have authority, we must submit to his authority. And so he, he will not inhabit things that, that he... He, remember, he, he washed Peter's feet. And, and, and Peter said, why are you doing this? He said, because I don't want anything dirty coming in my house. i got to get it cleaned up at the front door here. And Jesus is the door. He cleans us up, right? So then we are now able to be inhabited by the presence of God. And we are now men and women of the royal priesthood. And we have authority in spiritual realms. We are able to speak the word of God. And I told Brother Dennis, I said, I can't get this verse out of my out of my spirit that I preached that Sunday. And Abraham said, I know that God has the power to do what he promised he would do. And he has promised a lot of things in this book. And so we don't make up new promises. We take the promises that are already here that apply to our situation and we begin to proclaim those. Why? Because he backs up his word. It's not us backing it up. It's him backing it up. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.